up, everybody. You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of ThatCast Network. Hey now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. I'm here alongside D-Boy once again today. What's going on, D-Boy? Back at it, back at it. What's good, bro? Indeed, happy to be here. We took a week off last week. Um, Obviously, you know, it was a holiday week. Thanksgiving, uh, ate well, had a good time, all that good stuff. But we took the week off. But um, before we dig into what we have to talk about today, I first off have to thank every single listener that listened to the last episode, which was released the week before last, but that was by far the most streams that this podcast has ever gotten. Record breaking, record breaking week, right? For sure, it was upwards of sixteen hundred streams. Record breaking episode, which Shout is a out lot. To y'all. Which Shout is out a to lot. Y'all. Which is a lot for a podcast. Which is a whole lot for a podcast. And even more so, what I think was more gratifying was beyond the numbers was the response. Um, the momentum has been great. A lot of people have been tuning in. Um, a lot of people have been responding, giving us feedback. We've been doing listener questions. People have been participating. We'll have a bit more of that today on this episode. But just kind of seeing the response, seeing the numbers gradually go up, um, and just seeing that you all are in tune and engaged makes me nothing less than happy. So I want to shout out you listeners first and foremost before we get into some of today's content because without y'all this podcast goes nowhere so um as you all know once again we are part of that cast podcast network um we're here in the beautiful city of portland oregon um we do have merchandise available on wakeupandwin.com that's wake up the letter n win.com um we got shirts there for you merchandise i've said it before i'll say it again it's holiday season get your swag up Get Get it it, together. Get it. Get it it right. It's there for you. And uh, I think you'll enjoy the merchandise just as much as you've obviously been enjoying the content based on the response we've been getting and the numbers going up. Oh, and we just launched a website, LTD Music with a K, where you can also stream this right from the homepage. So uh, make sure y'all go utilize that as another way to check up the Wake Up and Win podcast by going to ltdmusicwithak.com and uh, streaming it. So tell them, tell them about LTD because I don't, I don't necessarily know if the listeners really know about LTD, Living the Dream. That's your, that's your label. That's what you've been having rocking as far as your music is concerned. I think many of them know that you're an artist. Um, we've talked about it several times with projects you've dropped, with well, yeah, well, the yeah. appearance you made for on sure. the news for the Blazer song last week. But just give them a little bit more insight of, about LTD. All right, all right. So for those who are not really familiar, um, you hear that you, I get called D-Boy, but that's for short. My full artist name is D-Boy LTD. The LTD is the living the dream. That's the brand. That's the label. That's the business, that's the company, and that is the studio that we record this podcast at every single week for you guys. So um, that's what the LTD is when you see that and hear that on anything. And um, for LTD Music, the website, I just wanted to give a one-stop shop, not only for um, people to be aware and uh, know about the actual recording studio that we have here in the Pearl District, but also, like I said, another 
one-stop uh, shop for the podcast, a place where it's kind of, you know, another place that hosts it since that's where we record. So LTD, Living the Dream, that's the brand, that's the studio, that's the business. And uh, yeah, you can check out the website. It's new, it's up, it's cool, and it's only going to get better. For sure, for sure. Now, um, it's time to dig into some content. And this week, we're going to be playing a little bit of catch-up because we did take last week off. So the episode might be a little lengthy today, but I promise you'll enjoy it. Um, so last episode, uh, we had a listener question from Eddie Carrillo. And Eddie Carrillo asked us a question about mental health in sports and kind of the significance of it, the importance of it. Um, where we stand on it, what's our opinions and our takes on it. And I thought that the question that he asked was very substantial for a lot of reasons. And one being is that us, you know, being a podcast that focuses on that intersectionality of sports, politics, and culture, whether it be urban culture, pop culture, you name it, um, we never really discussed that. We're 50-plus episodes in. We've been doing this for a little while now. And I tended to kind of stay away from it because, as I mentioned last week, um, I haven't been the greatest in being receptive to mental health issues. Not saying that I don't believe they exist, not saying that um, there's anything wrong or I, I wasn't critical at all of mental health issues. I actually thought it was great that he asked the question because it caused me to get out of my comfort zone and talk about it from my own standpoint, my own perspective. and. I more so talked about kind of the toughness aspect as far as myself is concerned and kind of how, you know, mentally I, I feel like, you know, I, I'm too tough. I'm going to get over things. And basically as if I'm immune to mental health issues and they just won't touch me and they won't come towards me. And that's absolutely the wrong approach, but that's just kind of how I've been. So it was cool for me to be able to talk about that and kind of call myself out on it and hopefully that can lead to somebody else being able to call themselves out on it and kind of checking themselves and making sure that they are in the right place and space mentally as we all continue this journey called life. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it was cool that he asked that because I was able to see my own individual growth by confronting it, by confronting where I stand on it and how I can improve on making sure that my mental health is 100% sharp. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of what it is as far as that's concerned. But along with that, there's been some recent happenings in the media and in the world and society that's been trending that many of you, many of you have probably heard about. And it has to do with an athlete by the name of Dwight Howard. Now, Dwight Howard, as many of you know, has been called out by a cisgender male saying that Dwight Howard is pretty much gay and that he and Dwight Howard have had relations and that Dwight Howard has been harassing him and pretty much throwing shade and hate towards him because Dwight Howard wanted to keep this thing on the under. Now, I'm not here to play investigative journalists and sit here and decide whether this person was lying or not, whether this person um, has some truth behind what it was that they were saying, whether or not Dwight Howard is actually gay. Um, if I had to put an opinion on it, 
I wouldn't be necessarily surprised, but I don't want to put that out there as fact because I don't know the guy. I don't know Dwight. I don't know um, this person that's claiming to have relations with. I think his name is Masine, if I'm saying it the correct way. I looked and didn't it's even a, try to remember. Yeah, it's, a, it's an off-brand name, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, I'm not really here to play the, investi the investigative journalist phase and try to figure out, wow, is Dwight really gay? Um, what I'm more so here to talk about, though, is kind of the place and the space for the LGBTQ community in men's sports. Because obviously Dwight being the star that he is and he's been in the NBA and this coming out, um, he's gotten a lot of slander. And then you've got some people who support the LGBT community um, and they kind of, you know, are trying to support him and support people having the freedom and the right and the choice to come out or stay in the closet however they please. But now that this has come out, we can't deny the fact that this is a part of sports. This is a part of everyday life. But I think it's more common to see the LGBTQ community kind of come out and show itself in women's sports. But in men's sports, kind of alluding back to what I said about myself when it came to mental health issues, we tend to try to harp on toughness. We tend to try to harp on being the big, strong, physical guy, being the hard guy, and ultimately not being considered soft. And that's what I feel like mostly that is just like, sports in general is looked at as such a masculine thing that I feel like you're always gonna get these surprising reactions, I guess you can say, when it comes to you know, people coming out or being exposed or however the case may be that is found out about them that they're gay. So I think that it's not ever going to be something that's going to go away as far as the reaction of people finding out that right. this sports athlete or superstar or idol or whatever is gay. It's, at, at, it's a certain point of surprising. It's a certain point of feeling betrayed to an extent to some people who might not have knew this trick, however the case you may want to call it. So I can't really say that the reaction and responses is ever going, like I think it's something that you just going to have to deal with because it ain't really going to ever change in my opinion. And I'm not here to play the role if he gay or not. Yeah, for it, sure. If you're associated with that, that's been a, a touchy subject and it always will. For sure. Yes, it has been made more normal as of yeah, late. Yeah, people are you trying know, to normalize exactly. it, for sure. But um, to certain people who stuck in their ways, and I mean, I'ma just be honest, how we was raised and how how my family and people, from my grandpa and everything, like being feminine as a man wasn't cool and ain't cool at all, you yeah, know what I mean? for sure. So I think that it's certain people who were raised that way and stuck in that way, similar to that of you know, we're not going to look for a fight, but if somebody hits you, you hit them back. We was raised like that. Right. Some people may not agree with that method, but that's kind of where I feel like that falls within that realm. No, yeah, I hear you for sure on that. And I mean, the part that's more so interesting to me is, yeah, I do agree. It's kind of like, I look at it similar to how I look at activism. Um, it's a marginalized group. So, and even if we take it from a scale, a scale of, let's talk about the NBA. The NBA has become a league that's gotten a lot of credit for, you know, being political, for taking a stance when it comes to political issues. Um, obviously, the NBA is majority black. It's majority African-American. But when you think about that, 
on a social scale and on a grand scheme of things, those athletes, those players still feel like they're a part of a marginalized group, which they are, which is the black or African-American race. Now, you shrink that down even more so, and you talk about the gay athlete, the gay male athlete, the guy who is or has or has not come out mm -hmm. when it comes to being gay, and you kind of look at it from a perspective of, yeah, we are taught. You, you, you think about locker room talk. Um, you think about, like you said, the toughness aspect to men's sports. Like you said, the masculinity. Um, I think it's definitely interesting to see the reaction of different people and also kind of take a step back and wonder, okay, if Dwight really is gay, <laughs> mm -hmm. where does he now fall and where does he now stand in the sport, especially a sport that's been open about politics, especially a sport that's been open about equality, especially a sport that has a significant group of athletes that come from a marginalized group. Sure, you can consider race in the LGBTQ community to be separate, but one thing that they're both fighting for is equality. So for me, I had to kind of sit back and think about, as you mentioned, how I was raised as a person, how I was raised as an athlete as well, and kind of I alluded back to once again how I kind of think even when it comes to mental health issues um, where how does this affect competition maybe because you have not only players who may kind of throw derogatory words towards other players in the art of competition you have coaches that sometimes will come at their players and their athletes and call them soft and call them you know, derogatory words, like and I'm not necessarily going to say here, yeah. a sissy, if that's yeah. a lack of a yeah. more, you know, mm -hmm. you worse know term, yeah. but that's definitely what I'm getting at. And for me personally, when coaches and players and athletes do say that those types of things, I'm not going to sit here and act as if my ears bleed because they don't, because I was brought up with that art of competition being existent, you know, but and that artist shit talking for real. Absolutely, that's really what it's a form of being, taking that being being existent. But now in a climate where we're seeing more than ever, kind of this fight for equality, this fight for race and social justice issues take place and kind of be at the forefront. Whether you blame the president for it, whether you blame social media for it, whether you blame the advancement of society for it, this is where we are. This is the place and space that we're in today. It makes you wonder where does this LGBTQ community fall in at amongst a league like the NBA, especially if we dial it in particular with Dwight Howard? Yeah, I feel you. And you know what I'm so disappointed I missed by like 10 minutes, bro? Damn. Stack Jack, Steven Jackson and uh, Matt Barnes, they mm -hmm. went on live on Instagram. And uh, Matt Barnes kind of cued in like a little segment or whatever you want to call it, maybe a minute on his Instagram saying that they were going to go on live. And just the commentary and the face that he was making in regards to it as a teammate, he was like, man, y'all might want to tune into the live. Like, I got some crazy shit to tell y'all, like, as a teammate of Dwight Howard. Like, mm -hmm. he didn't give the details on that particular post, but he said that he was going to discuss it on his live, and I missed it by, like, 10 minutes. But I'm not sure if you caught it at all, but I'm very interested to know what other players, like, now that it's kind of exposed, sure. if what other players kind of 
have put together or Absolutely. how they feel about it. Do you have any insight? Because I personally don't at this moment, but I'm definitely going to do my research and see because that's one person I... Matt Barnes, we know for keeping it real. Absolutely. And so I, I, I just missed it. As I mentioned, I don't have any insight on it. If I had to give my particular opinion on it, as I mentioned before, I wouldn't be surprised. Right, um, right. Part of it having to do with Dwight Howard being from Atlanta. Atlanta kind of being known as the hub for black gay males. So he might have grown up in an, envi in an environment where the african-american male being gay and that being public was more so normalized in any other environment we often talk about being a product of your environment we talk about these athletes that come from the inner city so why can't we have that same kind of a thought process when we talk about a guy like dwight howard who comes from a city like atlanta where you know homosexuality the lgbtq community is kind of at the forefront there so from that angle and that perspective no i wouldn't be surprised at all um but as far as me knowing if the dude is really gay or not i have absolutely no idea i'm just curious not even from just a basketball perspective because i want to actually kind of bring in a hip-hop perspective to this too because Growing up and listening to hip-hop music, um, I was more so in tune with, like, street music. We were more so in tune with, that's another genre where toughness kind of is at the forefront, you know, kind of hardcore right, yeah. gangster music, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And so a few weeks back, I'm at work over at Street Roots, and um, we tend to listen to a lot of music there. And so I'll be honest, since I've been living here in Portland, um, working in mainstream radio, obviously being in a city that's primarily white i've kind of expanded my reach as far as the hip-hop community is concerned i am i still my roots are still street music my roots are still kind of street gangster party type hip-hop for sure mm -hmm. i don't think that'll ever leave me just because that's kind of how i was raising it was what i've known but since being out here working in radio as i mentioned um i've kind of gotten interested and more in tune with the infusion of pop and hip-hop so we listen to a lot of different music we play old school music we play hip-hop music but the hip-hop music we usually play is more of that pop infused hip-hop mm -hmm. so um young lady that i work with co-worker of mine she's playing a group she's playing some music and they're jamming it's more of a pop infused hip-hop group they're jamming so i'm like okay cool like i like this music so i ask her um, who is this? Like, what, what artist is this? And she tells me it's a group called Brockhampton. Me being kind of the music historian, as LeBron James would say that I am. And I DJ too. Let's, let's get that clear and put out there too. I DJ a lot. So I'm always listening to new music and sounds that I think would go well in a show environment, in a party environment, in a turn up environment. So She's like, Brockhampton. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go check them out. At first, I go to the Instagram page and just kind of a regular rap group. All right, cool. I didn't look too deep into it. I follow them. I'm liking their music. So then I go listen to a couple of their albums. I'm listening to, um, I think, the album that they dropped before their latest album. And I'm about four songs in, and I'm rocking. I'm enjoying every song. And then, like I said, on that fourth or fifth song, I'm rocking, I'm jamming, I'm enjoying it, I'm listening to it. And I hear one of the artists say like, he, he had a lyric basically referring to him liking his men tall. That stopped me right in my tracks. Yeah. <laughs> stopped me right in my tracks. Deal breaker. 
I don't even know if I want to call it a deal breaker, but it's, it's definitely was, you know, for for, me, for you for, for you it could be a deal breaker. For me, it was more of a situation of this is not what I'm accustomed to listening to when it comes to listening to music and when it comes to I consider that as well to be content. Obviously, we're in a day and age now where we can kind of filter our content. So it stops me writing my tracks. Boom. So now I go online and I look it up and I'm like, I look up Brockhampton and I think I might have typed in the word gay or something. And sure, come to find out one of the artists in their group is openly gay and they are a hip hop group that's kind of pushing that openly gay mute, uh, that openly gay movement within the hip hop community, which we all know isn't a popular thing. So for me, I was kind of stuck because I've definitely grown tremendously when it comes to um, my acceptance of the LGBTQ community. Um, being in activist circles, you know, I actually even went to uh, not a convention, but more like a seminar um, with the activist named Stephen Thrasher. And he's a gay activist and he writes about kind of how the LGBTQ community is inserted in society as a whole and kind of the role that it plays. And so I'm definitely, I have more tolerance for it. Obviously, I'm not any of those things, but my tolerance for it is cool. I got coworkers, people that I know that are real cool people, but they happen to be gay. So it definitely stopped me in my tracks and it got me to thinking. And I want to ask you, D-Boy, more importantly, because you being a hip-hop artist and really being an expert in that lane, as far as I'm concerned, is how do you feel about kind of this openly gay movement kind of being entrenched into the hip-hop community? Well, like I said, why it's a deal breaker for me is not because I'm against, you know, anybody and what they believe, because that's not what it's about. But right. I personally just think that um, with this being said, you got to have tough skin. I think that you have to be expected of what's to come. Like I said, a lot of people are stuck in their ways and their beliefs and I personally feel like music, a lot of the music is a representation or a feeling or a mood or a vibe, as you mentioned. So whether you want to, you know, aspire to get money or live a certain lifestyle or whether it gives you a certain feeling to go to work or whatever, I feel like music is symbolic in a lot of ways. You know, it's certain music that we use to go to the gym and work right. out to. It's certain music that, like I said, going to work, you got your certain vibes and feels to motivate you to go get money. Party music. So, exactly. Party yeah. music when you feel like turning Sad up. Sad music, love so, music, exactly. love making music, exactly. all that kind of stuff. So, right, 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 like, right. I know, I know what certain songs and feelings that to put within each. And so... I don't want to have to listen to something or where I have to be so conscious, whether I'm around people or whatever, to where it might be a misrepresentation or misleading about me. For example, mm -hmm. you riding with somebody like you, you genuinely like them as an artist. You heard somebody playing it. You were a fan of the music. Right. So say that obviously you haven't heard the whole catalog. You pick up a girl and go on a date and mm -hmm. you playing a song and it said, I like my man tall. I don't want to have to think about that too much. So I'm going to just pass on that. And that's I what you. I mean by the deal breaker. So for others, they might not feel the same way as me or react the same way as me. So what I mean by that is I'm all for people being open. I think it's much more healthy to do than to hide it and cover up. Absolutely. I think that brings a lot more 
deeper issues but just know that with this it isn't the norm still as normal as we try to make yeah, it and absolutely. with that you're gonna get some you know some feedback that you might not agree I, with or appreciate absolutely no i understand that i understand that because as i mentioned when i listen to music it's usually something that I want to have kind of a relationship to. And I don't necessarily have a relationship to that as far as I'm concerned. Do I know people who are in that world? Absolutely. And I have a good relationship with them. Friends, love them. Much love for them. Um, I I respect their freedom to be able to choose what it is that they like, um, whether they feel it's natural, whether Whether they feel like it was a choice, whether we'll never understand it. Maybe they went through something in life that kind of affected them and triggered that in a way that we just would never be able to understand. But Whether for it's me, something as simple or common as a bad breakup with the opposite sex. Absolutely, you know what I mean? absolutely, so absolutely. Everybody handles things different. So for me, it was definitely interesting, and I just enjoy being able to talk about it now at this point because, as I mentioned, kind of being in this activist world and being in this activist circle, you know, I learned a lot. Even going to the seminar that I went to about. Um, uh, it was, I believe it was Eric Garner who was the one who was murdered by the police in Baltimore. And, you know, blacks always get put in this pocket of when we protest being violent, when we mm-hmm. protest damaging, breaking windows, setting stuff on fire, and people try to put, put us in a negative light, even though most of it is based out of anger and being mistreated. When you look at it from a mainstream media type perspective, we get looked at as the bad guys when we go out and react the way that we do. Um, but he was basically talking about this group of gay people. He went out to Baltimore to go report on it. It was a group of gays who supported the black community, who supported pretty much all of the people that supported Eric Gardner in this situation, but they did it in more of a peaceful way. And it ultimately led to a peaceful protest. It led to the police not to be able to do uh, inflict any harm on even more people because more people decided to go out and damage and bust windows, et cetera, et cetera. And that even kind of brought me back to thinking about Colin Kaepernick. Not because of the gay situation, but because one thing that we credit Colin Kaepernick for a lot when it came to him protesting in the NFL was that it was a peaceful protest. He wasn't ignorant in his approach. The way that he protested was kind of, you know, it was in a way that um, there was kind of some pride to it. You could take pride in it that he wasn't wrong in what it was that he did. So ultimately what I appreciated learning about what this group of gay dancers did was that there is other ways to protest and for it to be effective. And you can learn that from even a gay community. You can learn that from an LGBTQ community without necessarily having to insert yourself into that or identify as that or having to be too tough, as I've mentioned I've been before in the past, to actually kind of accept and be able to learn and be ignorant to certain things that could ultimately help us all as a society. So I just thought it was interesting all the way around. Um, I think we are still in a point in time where, you know, we got to try and find this place and space in men's sports because I don't think it's an easy question to answer. I don't think it's one answer to the question. Um, I think each individual has their right to feel the way that they feel about it. But we're now in this moment and we're now here where we're hearing about this athlete who may be gay. And yeah, we have had athletes, male athletes who have come out and spoke out as gay. 
I don't know if there's ever been any that as prominent as Dwight Howard, which he hasn't come out, but is being put out there that he is gay. So it's still something that we're going to have to see. We're in the moment of right now. And I just want to see kind of how this thing goes forward and how it ends up playing out. And in the future, you know, we'll talk about these kind of issues and incidents, especially when it comes down to marginalized people. But next up, we got some big, 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 baseball news that came right here to the city of portland we've been covering it for a little while now but um we'll definitely update alert we'll update definitely alert. update you all on what's going on so keep it locked it's the wake up and win podcast with devon pouncey keep it locked folks as we continue to give you a winning formula it's the wake up and win podcast visit thatcast.com for more great content on thatcast network and we're back and as I mentioned to you all before, we got some major, 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 major news here in the city of Portland when it refers to the Portland Diamond Project, who, by the way, also has their official podcast on that cast network as well. So be sure to go and check that out if you want um, some in-depth analysis on what's going on with the Portland Diamond Project. But today, the announcement was officially made that the Portland Diamond Project has agreed on a deal. Um, they signed an agreement on a deal with the Port of Portland. Um, it's a 45-acre Terminal 2 property, basically to be able to have land to build a stadium on. Big deal. Which they've already showed pictures, renderings of. And I'm going to tell you about those renderings. Wow. First and foremost, I don't know if it was a stadium or an amusement park, okay? I don't know if it was realistic. I don't, I don't, right? <laughs> That's what I don't know. I don't know if it was a stadium or if it was an amusement park because when you talk about a dream stadium, that was a dream stadium that I saw in those pictures. That was a dream stadium. That's going to be an instant staple of Portland to add to the other 20,000 landmarks that they have to celebrate this beautiful city. That's going to be a big one if everything pans out as expected. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, they got to build the stadium to be able to attract the team to come here. So um, there's a couple ways to be able to get the team. One is if the MLB decides, hey, we want to expand. We want to add a couple more teams to the league, which I ultimately think would be a good idea for Major League Baseball. Um, I think Major League Baseball is at a part of it is for shock value and marketing value. Is this um, stupid if I ask, is Portland too? Because I'm just going off of the responses and the things that I've seen and heard, you know, in uh, the process of this whole baseball to Portland thing. But is Portland too much of a rainy city for baseball, or can we not say that since Seattle Mariners exist? Yeah, I, I don't think so, especially. Looking at those pictures that I saw, college baseball here sucked to me. Yeah, in my yeah, opinion. yeah, for Practicing sure. Practicing in the gym a lot, and you would know that, that. You would know that better than I would. But one thing that I will say about the rain out here is that people from Portland are so accustomed and so used to it that they are willing to get out. 
Also, I baseball agree. isn't also baseball isn't a sport that really takes place during the rainy months out here either. I mean, what does it start in March, early March, late February, spring early March? Training, you get spring training in February. Yeah. The season starts in March. You get practically the entire summer of the sport. By and way. if you make it to the playoffs, yeah. then you plan through October. October yeah. So baseball may not really have to deal with that as much. Um, I agree. So I think with both of those elements, you know, it would be okay. Um, it'll be all right here. These teams and this fan base supports their athletics so much. When you think about the Blazers, when you think about the way that the Timbers have been selling out season tickets pretty much since its existence, um, the fan base is so loyal here. The excitement is so crazy around here. And as I said, when you talk about the natives, at least, they're used to getting out and about in the rain, and they won't have to get wet while watching the actual game, which I think is 60% of the battle right now is knowing that I can go watch and enjoy this game and I'm not going to get rained on because we got this beautiful retractable dome. Um, and I also think that it's something that even if they did play during the rainy months, which could be possible, it does rain here some in February, March, and maybe a little bit of April, but that's when you start to see things change based on my experience of being here the last four years. Um, something as aesthetically pleasing as that, something that kind of brings light to the city, even in the midst of kind of the gloomy days that do exist out here, I think ultimately takes the, takes the mood of the city to another place instead of, oh, it's raining again. You actually have something to look forward to in the rain. And the reason why I say that, because although you had a tough time playing college baseball out here, I played college basketball out here. And one thing that got me through those rainy months coming from California where I wasn't necessarily accustomed to the rain was I played a winter sport. I had something to look forward to being able to travel and being able to play an indoor sport and have games and kind of have the excitement surrounding those games to where those months went by a lot faster than they probably would have if I weren't an athlete and I just had to sit and listen to raindrops beat on my window every night. So. I think it's just kind of all about the perception and how you look at it. You as a player obviously look at it one way. Majority of the people that are going to be going to these games obviously aren't going to be players, so they don't have to look at it in that same light. So I just think that it's more so about perception and based on how I see winter and rainy sports to be, all it right. actually gives all you right. something to look all forward right. to during those months. Well, next opposition, and this is going to be the last one I'm going to throw at you or question that I'm seeing from people who are opposed to this. Can we stop saying there goes our tax dollars? Can we stop <laughs> saying that? For one, we don't pay taxes here. And for two, this well, is all sales tax. Yeah, but, sales tax. But, but this is all privately funded. So, yeah, uh, in absolutely. addition to that, this, the tax thing was kind of funny. To, but honestly, this is all funded. Yeah, yeah, I by, get Not saying. by tax dollars, correct? Right. So stop saying there goes our tax dollars. We don't pay sales tax, which I know is other taxes that y'all talking about that I'm probably not, you know, paying yet. But on top of that, we're not using tax dollars. Or not, I'm not weak because I'm not in the Diamond Project, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's, know, it's, as a city... It's privately funded. It's privately funded. It and is. we need to please get that through whoever brains that don't know <laughs> that. It is privately funded. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, if I had to say from a selfish standpoint what I'm most happy about in Major League Baseball news actually isn't that the Portland Diamond Project 
has been able to reach an agreement on this land. What I'm more happy about is in the city of Oakland, the Oakland A's have also um, reached a deal and they're planning to build a new ballpark at the Howard Terminal near Jack London Square in Oakland, which means for one, the city of Oakland will still have a professional sports team. That's a big deal to me, being that I'm from there. Growing up, the only games that I went to were Raider games, A's games, and Warriors games. That's just what it was for me. So to know that the city of Oakland will still be able to keep a team there in the midst of the Warriors going to San Francisco, in the midst of the Raiders going to Las Vegas, that's a huge deal. For two, I really don't know how I would have felt because a lot of people were saying that if the A's didn't build this stadium or weren't planning to build a stadium in Oakland, that they could have been a team that were looking to relocate. Obviously, with the momentum that the Portland Diamond Project has been having, and now we see with them reaching this agreement to have the land to be able to build a stadium, Portland would have been a place where they could have come and relocated to which for me would have been bittersweet because I still could have been an A's fan, being that I do live in Portland, but it would have hurt my heart tremendously knowing that this Portland city, which I do love and I do cherish and I do appreciate, took away the team that is in my hometown that gave me childhood memories. That would have been a tough pill to swallow for me. So mm -hmm. all, the way I'm, all the way around, I'm happy. Okay, they're getting the stadium here. That, is it anything that, as being somebody who lives here, yeah, open-minded, for sure, all of that? Do you have anything that you wouldn't like, or that would be kind of a turnoff to you? Not that it would be a deal breaker, but anything that would be a turnoff to you? Um, well, as far as a baseball team coming to Portland is concerned, my whole thing is there's still a political element to it that we don't know yet and what i mean by that is yeah i understand what you said about the tax dollars but it's still other elements of this city and other issues that take place in, in this city obviously one being homelessness and i don't necessarily know i know that they plan to have housing really more so affordable housing to be built around the stadium and I know that the Portland Diamond Project has been very precise in letting it be known that they're not coming here to be a hindrance to the city. So, you know, there's still some things with stadium buildings. With stadium building, you always kind of have to be skeptical because you just never know what it can do to a city. Um, and that's seen and unforeseen. You know what I mean? There may be some things that the Portland Diamond Project has in order, but the rest of the city may not have an order or it may have a particular effect on the rest of the city that none of us see coming. So I'm always skeptical when it comes to stadium building in any city, just because I know by default it's going to change the dynamic of that city. Now, I'm not a native here in Portland, so I don't know if it affects me as much as it affects true natives here in the city of Portland. And hopefully, it all is just a glorious story and they can build the stadium here and the baseball organization is just a light to the city and yada, yada, yada. That's what I foresee happening. That's what I see the Diamond Project pushing to do. But I don't know necessarily what the negative would be, but I'm always, I always got my Forrest Whitaker eye on stadium building in any city because in most cities where you hear that a stadium is being built, there's a lot of empty promises that get made because of that. So, so far, the Diamond Project seems to have things in order. They understand the right way to bring a stadium to a city. But 
we've seen time and again and history tells us and every sport olympics included that empty empty promises do get made and i don't think that the diamond project is going in that direction but history does tell us that that's a thing so i'm gonna be on the lookout and definitely researching what's this doing to the city how it's affecting the city and if the diamond project is completing its mission to be a light on the city and be a positive influence on the city instead of hindering the city in any type of a way there it is there it is for sure next up we got our listener question we got a listener question coming for y'all so keep it locked it's the wake up and win podcast with devon pouncey keep it locked folks as we continue to give you a winning formula it's the wake up and win podcast visit thatcast.com for more great content on thatcast network so today's listener question comes from ashy rev shout out to ashy rev um what a name right (laughs) yeah yeah instagram instagram Instagram. yeah yeah i met ashy rev a while ago out here in Oregon. And Shout out to Ashy Rev. Get some lotion up. <laughs> All right now. Hey now. Hey now. All fun and games on the Wake Up and Win show. <laughs> but yeah, Rev, no, we no. shine today. Yeah, I met Rev out here in, or- in Oregon, and <laughs> Rev is one of those people. I-, I promote the podcast and pretty much everything I do everywhere I go. I'm always networking, letting people know about the podcast. And Rev is a dude that. Ever since we talked about it, he's been supporting the podcast ever since. And, um, yeah, today, yesterday, today, we've been talking and chopping it up. And uh, he wanted to know about this whole situation with Baker Mayfield and Hugh Jackson. For those that you, for those of you that don't know, Hugh Jackson is the it's current Ashy coach. Rev. That's Ashy Rev. <laughs> <laughs> Ashy Rev, I just seen you on the ground. Okay? Shout Ashy, out to Ashy. That's Rev. Ashy Rev right for there. Sure, for sure. Much so, love for the support. Indeed, absolutely. So um, Ashy Rev said he wanted to know about um, the Baker Mayfield situation with Hugh Jackson. So as I mentioned, for those of you that don't know. Hugh Jackson was the former coach of the Cleveland Browns. He's the current coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Anybody that knows anything about those two organizations know that it's a rivalry there, okay? So Hugh Jackson did a terrible job as the Cleveland Browns coach. Baker Mayfield is the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Hugh Jackson gets fired by the Cleveland Browns. He gets hired by the Cincinnati Bengals. They play against each other the other day, and um, Baker Mayfield pretty much came out and said that Hugh Jackson was fake for accepting the job over there. And I think it was obviously a lot more underlying personal feelings when it came to that because Baker Mayfield was the quarterback for the Browns while Hugh Jackson was his coach. So it's probably a lot of personal and underlying feelings. Um, Baker Mayfield has been getting criticized for calling Hugh Jackson fake for not only going to coach another football team, but even more so in particular, coaching the Cincinnati Bengals. Here's my take on it. When it comes to Baker Mayfield, I do appreciate his competitiveness. I do appreciate him taking shots at Hugh Jackson, especially because he deserved to do it. He put himself in a position to be able to do so because he beat him. Hugh Jackson was his coach. Hugh Jackson left. Whatever terms they left on, which obviously couldn't have been that good, when they got the chance to face off again in the in, the, in battle, Baker Mayfield got the best of him. Baker Mayfield has been super successful since Hugh Jackson left. The problem is Baker Mayfield 
Don't be mad at the man for taking a job with the Cincinnati Bengals after he just got fired, not quit, not left. He Fire. got fired by the Cleveland Browns. Understand that whoever was going to offer him his next job after the atrocious record that he had coaching you and your guys, it, you're going to take it, point blank, period. That's my only – that's all I was going to say. Yeah, you're going to take that. Gonna so, take so I actually think they both were right. I think that – um, Baker Mayfield was right for having a competitive edge to him. I don't necessarily agree with what he said, but I don't mind him coming out and saying it because he's a competitor. Um, they don't see eye to eye, apparently, and he actually backed up his talk by going out and beating them. He got his revenge by beating them on the field and taking care of business. So you have room to be able to say whatever it is that you feel right or wrong. Um, and as far as Hugh Jackson is concerned, yeah, I would have took a job there too, Baker Mayfield. If you would have got released by the Cleveland Browns and end up getting an offer from the Cincinnati Bengals, you would have probably taken a job there too. So ultimately, I think it's really nothing wrong here. The fact that there's so much criticism happening from guys like Damian Woody, and he's kind of attacking Baker Mayfield, telling Baker Mayfield he needs to grow up, and Baker Mayfield is coming back and throwing shots at Damian Woody and whoever else is out there criticizing him because he said, and I say with air quotes, the wrong thing. I think we're blowing this entire thing out of proportion. Baker Mayfield was right for taking a shot at him. He handled business on the field, so he earned the right to be able to take a shot at him. And Hugh Jackson did the right thing by accepting the job with the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a win-win for me, folks. Same here. You got to double down on that one. It's a win-win for me, folks. Double down. Double down, round. So, so shout out to Ashley Rev one more time. Ashy continue continue to listen and support the podcast. And I see you do music, too. So shout out to you. Absolutely. Too, absolutely. Absolutely. So last up, we got the Take an L segment. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast on That Cast Network. I don't know I mean. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on that cast network so we gave y'all the women the winning formula on a few things we gave y'all the winning formula on this whole dwight howard situation let the man come out as he pleases um we gave y'all a winning formula on what else we talk about today? baseball baseball, baseball. yeah absolutely but the fact that the oakland a's is staying in oakland <laughs> that's an absolute winner first and foremost you like how you but, said that first <laughs> <laughs> but uh now really we covered the portland diamond project salute to them um they're building a stadium here in Portland. Well, they got the land. They agree. They signed an agreement on the land to build a stadium here in Portland. Um, that's definitely our Portland-centric topic of the day. Um, and also we discuss, you know, Baker Mayfield and Hugh Jackson and how it's a win-win for both of them. Baker Mayfield went out there and won in the heat of battle on the field, gave him the right to be able to say what it was that he had to say about Hugh Jackson. And Hugh Jackson, even after having like a 33-35 and 35 record or something like that, some crazy, atrocious record like that, he was still able to get fired and come right back and get hired by the rival football team of the Cleveland Browns, which is the Cincinnati Bengals. So Hugh Jackson, you're a winner for that because you were able to land right back on your feet even though you probably had no reason to be able to do so. So, hey, it's a win-win for me. Now, we got to talk about who took a loss. And uh, 
for me, I think this is real easy. Um, obviously, a lot of the news came out last week, but we was eating turkey and dressing and macaroni and cheese and all that good stuff. Takashi 69 took an L. And the reason why Takashi 69 took an L is um, I think he got raided. His home got raided. Wherever he was got raided. He was taken down by the Federales. The feds took him down. Um, he's in the middle of a case right now. And anytime the feds are involved, the FBI is involved, it's really usually not necessarily in your favor. Now, the reason why did I say that he took a loss is because, for one, obviously he's having a lot of success as a rapper. Um, he's kind of become the troll master in hip-hop today. Um, but in that same breath, I would have to say that it's showing why trolling isn't really necessarily that effective. I was talking to a good friend of mine today, actually, um, and she's been here on this podcast before, Jessica Luther. Um, shout out to Jessica Luther. She actually reached out to me today because, first off, she's already a New York Times bestselling author, but she's working on another book right now, and she reached out to me and asked me to be a part of it. So that was dope in itself. Um, and I'm definitely, you know, going to take her up on that offer and be a part of this book that it is that she's working on. But even beyond that, um, you know, we were just kind of talking about outside of, you know, our work. We were talking about, you know, kind of what we were doing. And she basically gave me a life update. And um, the moral of the story is without me just going super in depth about what it is that she's doing, one thing that I appreciated about what it is that she's doing is that she's playing a long game you know she's taking her craft seriously um the steps that she's taking to get to where she wants to be is not the shock jock trolling um i'm just saying this to get attention approach she's she's getting educated on it she's taking the necessary steps to reach higher heights and what it is that she's come to do in this world of activism and when we talk about activism a lot of people do see some of the things that we talk about and discuss as trendy and i was able to appreciate and respect what it is that she was doing because she's taking the necessary steps to kind of play the long game in her career instead of talking about these things because they may be trendy in today's day and age but with takashi 69 I saw no long game in what it was that he was doing, and I think ultimately it came back to bite him in the ass because now he's in prison or he's in jail. He's in county jail, I'm sure, but he can be sentenced to up to life in prison because he wants to play this trolling game. He wants to play this gang-banging game, and I'm not sitting here saying whether he's a gang-banger or yeah, not, and, and but, if, but some of his actions yeah, were trolling and playing with that lifestyle. It brings that kind of awareness that it's not a game at all. Right. And, uh, you know, it's just, I don't like to see anybody go to jail. I just don't like uh -uh, to see I don't that. wish it so, on a soul. Don't wish it so on a soul. Regardless of what I agree or disagree with, I just hate. I just want it to be a wake-up call to people that this kind of stuff that you put on Instagram can make it really bad for you and could really... It, the police are looking for this, and they're listening, and they're watching, and they're investigating, and when... Shit hit the fan, you got to be ready for what's to come. So, Absolutely. Although it's a funny side and an entertaining side to it, when shit get real, shit get real. So yeah. I definitely agree with you on that. He took an L. My taking L for this week is really an easy call. Is Dwight Howard. And it's not because <laughs> of what we talked about earlier. Honestly, it's more so because of what we hadn't talked about yet, which is those recordings. 
that I listened to with you a few days ago. Uh-huh. And all of it is allegedly to me right now. So I can't say, you know, how... I, I don't know if it's his voice. I wasn't there. I wasn't on the conversation. Right. I don't know. It's not but hard enough evidence. Exactly. Per se to, but if it is yeah. hard evidence, uh, just it, it's deeper than being gay. It's the threats to have her killed or have her hurt or him, whatever you want to call it. And then the pastor, his pastor was involved too in uh, making threats and things of that nature. So like I said, we covered a lot of the Dwight Howard stuff earlier and you guys already heard some of it, but uh, with the threats and the legality things that seem to be involved, if it was them and him, I think that that's a bad look and a bad situation. Yeah, and, and I think it's, it's, it's important to shine a light on that too because Speaking of Jessica Luther, one thing that we talked about with her when she came here on the podcast, and she she more so specializes in like rape culture and things of that sort. She wrote, like I said, she wrote a New York Times selling book um, when it came to rape culture and within college sports. And one thing that she talked about right here on this podcast, and I would advise y'all to go into the archives and go listen to that episode, was kind of being kind of putting a focus on the victim first and and kind of believing the victim first rather than the other way around even if you don't have hard evidence that what the victim is saying is true we tend more so to kind of throw shots at the victim before okay let's take in what the victim is saying let's let's support the victim it's kind of like an innocent until proven guilty type of a situation right okay if you feel like you are a victim of rape or you're a victim of harassment or sexual misconduct, whatever the case may be. We're going to believe you on that until proven otherwise, instead of believing the, the, the person who you're accusing that they didn't do it because we may have heard a story before about somebody who lied about being raped or lied about being sexually mistreated or lied about being harassed and they set a particular person up and now it just changes our whole frame of thinking around kind of victim blaming and victim shaming um now what i will say is if the victim is lying i'm not cool with the victim coming out and putting out recordings and all this tell-all stuff. And I also do want to put out there, now that I got it out the way to believe the victim first, it is put out there that um, this guy, this cisgender male, has done this before with Playboy Cardi. Right, right. And was yeah. lying. Yeah, nah, for sure. So, I want to put it all out there. That's a red flag right there. That's a red flag right there. I want to put it all out there. that's why I said I want to make sure it's, it's sp spoken of that it's alleged. It's alleged, it's absolutely, alleged. absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah. but, but like I said, I do want to put it all out there. It was kind of like even when I referred earlier to the whole how the mainstream media kind of puts us out there, especially, you know, when, when an African-American is killed or murdered by the police and all the mainstream news is showing is victims being torn down and victims being beat up or victims, you know, attacking the police and the police obviously defending themselves whatever way they choose to do it um, instead of talking about when that gay group, you know, protested peacefully and it led to peaceful, a peaceful scene and peaceful streets and a super, super dark time and a super intense time period. But that wasn't the news that was going to be put out on mainstream media. Right. So it kind of goes hand in hand there. But, um, 
yeah, definitely, you know, if Dwight Howard is what he is, then that's on him to deal with. <laughs> um, if, if he is gay, then, you know, that's on him. And if Machine, which is basically what I'm going to say Fake the name, name is, right if Machine <laughs> was actually a victim of harassment and hate crime and all that, yeah, D-Boy, I agree with you 100%, absolutely. Dwight Howard. You have to take that L, buddy. So, um, once again, we appreciate y'all. Be sure to subscribe. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify. Um, we're on ThatCast.com. We're on LTDMusic.com. Please be sure to keep giving us feedback. Keep participating and letting us know what it is that you want to hear and that you would like for us to talk about. We appreciate everything that you all are doing to keep this podcast going and push it forward um you can find me um just search my name devon pouncy anywhere on the socials i'm pounce underscore station on instagram and twitter um d-boy let them know where they can find you at oh man i'm at d-boy ltd everywhere that's d-boy with an i not a y amara ltd music with a k.com you can find more content for this podcast and a lot of other services under the living the dream umbrella other than that twitter same thing dboy ltd i'm gonna be talking my shit on there let's get it and we're gonna leave y'all the only way that we know how and that is to stay woke and, and go, go win, win.